Hello, welcome to Let's Catch Up. Um, quite a busy week, okay? I know it's so terrible. Like, does this make me a bad person that when news comes out and like some of it is like sad or bad for people's personal lives that I get all like riled up because I'm like, we got news, baby. Um, this week, I mean, the news was popping. Gigi Hadid got arrested for marijuana possession in the Caymans, even though she legally obtained it. You can still get that stuff uh, jacked internationally. Uh, Let Britney Griner be your warning. Um, Ariana Grande and her real estate husband got divorced. We're going to talk about that. Sofia Vergara and Joe Manganiello Manganiello, will never know. I certainly won't. Got divorced and um, they had quite the prenup. Apparently they're, whatever, we'll get into that, I guess, before I dive into the details. Um, We're also going to talk about like some stand-up specials that are out right now and some strike news because there's quite a bit. We're going to talk about the strike quite a lot. There's a lot of different facets there. Um, What I'm not going to talk about, that Jason Aldean song. Let me tell you something about me. Fun fact. I don't particularly care for country music sung by men. It's just never really done anything for me. When the girlies are singing, they're actually singing. When the boys are singing, they're just talk singing. It's just not my vibe. I grew up in the South. A lot of people will ask you, and when I say a lot of people, I mean white people. Oh, you don't listen to country music? What do you listen to? Oh, why don't you listen to country music? It's because of moments like this. Because nobody is going to set themselves up for a moment where they are going to listen to music made by people who they know good and well have no interest in seeing you live a life equal to theirs. They think that other people are less than them. If you've never seen Bo Burnham's uh, pandering song that he does about country music, it is so good and it is so funny and it is perfect for a moment like this. It was perfect for the Morgan Wallen moment. Um, The fact that these men in country music consistently have these moments where they are racist, transphobic, homophobic, disappointing, or exactly who we expect them to be, consistently seeing these um, should tell you everything you need to know, I think, about the genre. If your um, trigger in your brain is like, well, well, rap is, just analyze why. Just analyze why. I'm not sitting here talking about rap music at all. I'm not talking about what women are called in rap music. I find it interesting that that is the argument when someone discusses racism in country music. Black people in country music go really far back in this country. A lot of black people make really great country music. A lot of country music is not racist and is made by really wonderful people. Like, no one's sitting here talking about Chris Stapleton. First of all, voice of an angel. Second of all, hasn't made a song full of dog whistles. I said I wasn't going to talk about it. I don't know. I just, like, find it all so sick. I'm, he's not someone whose, like, opinion I've ever been interested in. But the fact that, like, he made the song months ago. It's gained this attention now. He's saying, you know, like, this song has not... He's not even from a small town. He's not even from a small town. That's why Bo Burnham's country music song is called Pandering, by the way. A man in, you know, expensive clothes and diamond earrings talking about try that in a small town like he's ever been in a small town get out of here all you've ever done is drive through a small town and don't get it twisted same but i'm not out here pretending like i've got some sort of you know gun stash for when people start acting up in a small town the music video was filmed at the site of a famous lynching i feel like that's all we need to know which is i mean I will tell you the truth. I didn't know about that that courthouse. 
you know, so I learned something. So I can admit that, you know, I'm a big enough girl. (laughs) Anyway, there's so much strike nonsense going on. There's like billionaires cutting trees. There's like music festivals that we have to keep in mind. Also, I don't know if we talked about this, but the large belief is that studios pushed up the Barbie and Oppenheimer press tours so that they could get them all out of the way ahead of the strike because they knew that it was going to happen. So that's kind of icky. I mean, I'm glad we got all that Barbie press, but it's icky, you know? All right, let's catch up. Okay, so we have to talk about the news of Ariana Ariana Grande's divorce. Now, I want to start by saying something that I've only seen one other person on the internet say, but it is important that I get this out in this forum, and I apologize if I offend your delicate sensibilities about the sanctity of marriage But she's giving old Hollywood starlet. She's giving superstar behavior, okay? This is absolute A-list, you know, international superstar, triple threat. I don't know. Does she dance? Either way, she can sing us all out of the room. This is what we want, okay? She said, I'm going to marry a normie. I'm going to marry a real estate agent. We're not going to have a single child together. We're going to be married for two years the bulk of it during a global pandemic. And then we are going to separate with little to no fanfare. And I'm just going to move on to my next marriage. And I have to tell you, I love it. I love it. Now, on the flip side of celebrity divorce, you've got Sofia Vergara, Joe Manganiello. (laughs) Struggling so much. Um, I guess all the money he spent on that custom Dungeons & Dragons table finally cut into her modern family profits. Um, just kidding, because she had an ironclad uh, prenup that kept her there, like, um, money separate. Which, as she should, all that, was, that modern family money. I saw an interview with her recently where she said she was the second highest paid adult on the show, after, just after Ed O'Neill. So, like, she should keep that money away from that man. Their divorce, obviously, different than Ariana Grande, because you've got two celebrities, both pretty well known. I mean, Sofia Vergara, very much A-lister. Joe, I don't know you know, depends on what, what circles you move in, I guess. Um, very much known for being her husband. Now the rumor that is trickling out now is that they separated because he wanted kids and she did not. Um, she has like a grown adult son. So I I feel like no one can blame her for being like a middle-aged woman. Who's like, yeah, I don't want to raise another child. And they were together for like, I mean, married for like seven years or something. That was a long time that he thought she was going to change her mind. That's all I'll say about that. Anyway, back to Ariana Grande. I'm really into this, like, good old-fashioned quick marriage, no children caught in the crossfire, no custody battle, probably had an airtight prenup as well. And there is a little there is a little something sad, if I'm really going to dive into, about the fact that, like, we saw so many couples. You guys know I was doing, like, divorce rap constantly throughout the pandemic. All these couples who, like, realized when they had to spend time together that they were like, I think I hate you. And they got divorced and they seem to be the opposite, which is kind of sad that they like were spending so much time together during COVID that they were like, which maybe it was just the honeymoon stage. What do I know? But I'm like, there's something kind of sad about like, then they were separated. She was in London filming Wicked and he was like, you're gone all the time. And she was like, I'm literally Ariana Grande. I'm a pop superstar. And then they went around with security. And apparently that man was like shocked by the amount of security that she had, which like I can't all right I just gotta say it I cannot stand these people 
who like act like they don't know the level of celebrity of the person that they're getting involved with. It's like Meghan Markle, like not knowing anything about Prince Harry and like not understand. I'm like, does no one Google these days? Like, Kimberly wants us to get out and work, but I want us to get up and Google. Does no one Google these days? Raven Simone's wife has said that she did not watch the Cheetah Girls or That's So Raven. What's wrong? What? First of all, not watching the Cheetah Girls is criminal, and I do think she should be arrested. But that's another story for another day. But even, like, when you first started spending time with this person, would you not, like, just do a quick, like, YouTube, YouTube search? Do a quick, like, this man that Mary, married Ariana Grande had to know that there was a literal terrorist attack at one of her concerts, which is obviously something that she has to emotionally deal with. So security seems like it makes sense. In addition to just being, like, A-list superstar, big deal, very recognizable, right? It's not like, like, if you saw Ariana Grande in public, you wouldn't be like, well, look at that. That girl looks like Ariana Grande. I feel like you would just know it's her, right? the security makes a lot of sense this man like acting like he's shocked by it uh, the audacity honestly sir you're a real estate agent um but she's apparently dating someone new the boy who's filming wicked i think he's bach in wicked and he is he played spongebob on broadway uh, you know to each their own i don't really know what this journey is about but i I love it for her. I love that she's on to the next. I love that she's spending all of her time with Bo and Yang and Jonathan Bailey. She's like, gay best friends. We're going to Wimbledon. I'm sitting next to Andrew Garfield. I loved every single person that said, I too would file for divorce after sitting next to Andrew Garfield. Never fa failed to make me um, giggle a wee bit. But yeah, I love the old Hollywood um, of it all in terms of divorces. Now, I have to be honest with you. You know that I believe that these things come in threes. Like, celebrity deaths we see in threes. And so I was kind of surprised that I did not hear of a third celebrity divorce to kind of pair up with these two. Um, but now that I've said that, I'm sure that someone will, someone's, uh, you know, team will put out a statement early tomorrow morning before I get a chance to re-record this. And um, I apologize in advance for leaving them out. Okay, so SAG is still on strike. We have a lot of SAG stories to tell. Um, so one thing that's interesting that like I had not considered as someone who obviously is not in the film industry is film festivals. So the list of um, things that SAG actors can and cannot do is like pretty interesting, honestly. And one of the things that they cannot do is promote their films. So this is why Emily Blunt and Matt Damon and Florence Pugh got up and walked out of the Oppenheimer premiere um, because um, they the strike like literally happened while they were in the premiere and um, you're not supposed to promote. So they got up and left, which people kept joking about um, <laughs> what um, how happy like Killian Murphy must have been because he was so unhappy doing all the promo anyway. But um one of the big, like, promotional opportunities for all these films is these film festivals. So we've already seen Cannes, um, but for the domestic film festivals for TIFF and, well, I said domestic and then immediately went to Toronto. But Canada's one of us, right? Until, uh, I mean, their smoke is. Um, 
Telluride, uh, New York Film Festival, a lot of these things, studios are considering pulling their films from these festivals because they're not going to have actors there to promote them. And it's a lot of money that they spend and they're not sure that it's worth the money to just send directors and producers because the Directors Guild did strike a uh, deal. Um, so it's interesting because like this is one of those things that like I we pay attention to mostly for like the looks and the moments because like it's not like we are inside. I don't care who wins a film festival, you know, like that's very cool and exciting for them. But uh, ultimately, like I want to hear about Shrek getting a 10 minute long ovation and then I'm going to wait and see who wins the Oscar. So it is just going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye out. Um, but I can't tell you what the impact is going to be. Um, but these studios are definitely going to be losing money. So the fact that they are at this point just not even negotiating with um, actors and just waiting them out until they lose their homes is uh, cartoonishly evil. Speaking of cartoonishly evil, this is crazy. So um, the main picket lines for SAG are obviously in L.A. and New York. There's quite a few pickets here in New York outside of 30 Rock, obviously, um, but then some other places. And then in L.A., one of the places that uh, people have been picketing is outside of Universal. It is hot out, okay? WGA has been striking since May, and it is hot. Um, they are walking around in these this heat. Also, I have seen videos of people like um, J. Smith Cameron from Succession, Emmy nominee. She's like picketing here in New York in a maxi skirt. I was like, does being rich make you cooler too? Because what is that, honey? Anyway, so in at Universal, they there are pick pictures that went viral of a line of trees next to a sidewalk where people were picketing being completely trimmed of all of their leaves and the shade that they provided. Evil. Evil. So clearly Universal has done this because these trees look hideous now. They are completely devoid of all of their leaves. They cannot provide any more shade to the people walking up and down on the sidewalk. And it's it's like actual evil cartoon villain. So people then um, got like into it and people were like, yeah, no, this is we're going to have to get tree law involved uh, because you can't do this. You can't just trim all these trees without um, permission from, from your like local government, which is a good thing because they look hideous. And also like leave the trees alone. Haven't they been through enough? Like it's so hot and like. You know, the air quality is so bad. Like, we're barely surviving. It's a, Have you all seen these things that say, like, it's the hottest summer on record? I know that it's always the hottest summer on record. But, like, we need to be serious, okay? I saw a tweet that said, the earth is having a cookout this summer and we are the meats. <laughs> so true. Anyway, so the city was like, yeah, like, the city of L.A. was like, yeah, NBC Universal did not have the right to prune these trees they never filed a tree trimming permit, um, so they will, like, have to pay some sort of fine. Um, and these trees should really only be trimmed every five years. So, like, clearly something is wrong. So SAG and WGA filed a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board um, that said that these are unfair labor practices. Uh, they've made the picket lines more dangerous for strikers. Um and because they have a construction project on the lot, picketers are having to patrol in the streets 
um, where two picketers have already been struck by a car, which is insane. Um, they have requested the LAPD uh, provide road barriers and um, establish a safe walkway, and uh, NBC Universal has not complied there either. Um, so a picture has been circulating now of like small white tents that you would see at like, you know, like a fun run or, you you know, the vibe, like you're out at like a picnic or something. They have provided a line of those on the sidewalk where the trees once were, because obviously they've gotten into legal trouble now by being like sick in the head. I would love to know whose suggestion it was to trim the trees because not only are they like a terrible person, but they have cost the company more money ultimately um, when they could have just let it go and just acknowledged the, because I know the person that made the tree trimming decision does not have the power to actually stop the strike and negotiate in good faith. And that's why they made the tree trimming decision, just drunk on power, sick, desperate, disgusting. Um, I don't know. There's probably going to be a fine. It said there's something that says that it's potentially $1,000 per offended uh, tree, but like that's nothing to them. Um, I just briefly want to read what the SAG actors can and cannot do um, because (laughs) there's one thing in particular that it took all of my strength not to like retweet and post on Instagram and say like we all know who you're talking about (laughs) because uh, the list starts with principal on-camera work. So this is what we know, right? Acting, singing, dancing, performing stunts, puppeteering, performance capture or motion capture work. Those all make sense. But there's one thing specifically that really made me laugh. And it's in the middle of the list. Like they just threw it in there. But they either he requested it or like he requested it was clarified or they were like, we got to put this in here. He's going to do it. It says piloting on camera aircraft. Y'all, that's for Tom Cruise. Not for anybody else. Not even all those little kids he had in Top Gun training on those plays. Not for Miles Teller or Jay Ellis or Glenn Powell. No, no, no. This is for Tom piloting on camera aircraft. Principal off camera work. This is all the things that it includes ADR looping, TV trailers, promos, theatrical trailers, voice acting, singing, narration, um, stunt coordinating, background work, stand-in work, photo and our body doubles, fitting, wardrobe tests, makeup tests, rehearsals, camera tests, scanning, interviews and auditions, including via self-tape, promotion um, of and publicity services for work under the TV theatrical contracts, such as tours, personal appearances, interviews, conventions, fan expos, festivals, four-year consideration events, panels, premieres, screenings, award shows, junkets, podcast appearances, social media, studio showcases, negotiating and negotiating, easy for me to say, and or entering into an agreement to perform covered services in the future, any new agreement related to merchandising connected to a covered project, the creation and use of digital replicas, including through the reuse of prior work, performing on a trailer for a struck production or another uh, ancillary contact content connected to a struck production now we also have to get okay first of all very long list of things very interesting to um include the podcast thing of it all um because obviously all of these actors have podcasts you know um so it's interesting that they cannot promote their work on them anymore so they're just gonna have to be like tee hee with their friends i guess 
Um, so I feel like, you know, we're going to get a lot of like hot ones episodes with musicians because they're not going to have any actors that need to promote their work coming up. Um, or, well, they need to promote their work, but they are not going to be able to promote their work. I will also say this, the thing that kind of bums me out and like in the grand scheme of things, this is not that serious, you know, but if you're a first time Emmy winner, it is kind of a bummer that you can't do any which maybe they don't want to, maybe the, you know, love of the work and the craft is enough, but they can't do any promo or any like for your consideration for themselves. So there's no like Hollywood round table. There's no like, you know, cover stories. There's no variety, think pieces, whatever about anyone who is nominated for an Emmy first time otherwise. Now let's keep in mind that the Emmys were basically dominated by White Lotus and Succession anyway. So like we don't need any more interviews with all those people. They've all done plenty of press around their shows, but it is still kind of a bummer if you're a first time uh, nominee. Also, we don't know what's going to happen with the Emmys because there's a world where they get a waiver from SAG and they get to go on. But even if they do like, if the writers are still on strike, they might not, you know, be able to write to a monologue for like a host. Um, and then obviously if the actors are still on strike come September, then uh, there won't be a show, which I, I like, obviously I'm staying in solidarity, but if there are no Emmys, I'm going to be a sad girl. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to touch on. Um, I just mentioned waivers. This is something that um, is a part of like these deals is SAG-AFTRA makes um, like grants waivers to productions that are willing to meet with their terms. So um, something uh, A24 is someone who has done this quite a bit. So there's quite a few movies that are actively working. Um, any sort of independent studio like an A24 that makes um, strikes a deal with SAG and agrees to their terms they're still able to film. So that means that that show called, or that movie Mother Mary that's starring Michaela Cole and Anne Hathaway, they're still able to film right now, which is great. It's great for like IOTSE members that are able to keep, you know, working during this time because right now we're talking about it's not just actors that aren't working and writers. It's like literally everyone on set, cast and crew um, that isn't able to work because of the strike, which is why people keep making fun of the Directors Guild because they went and struck a deal and then like a week later, SAG was like, we're striking too, so who are you going to direct? But anyway, um, there's a movie called Death of a Unicorn that stars Paul Rudd and Jenna Ortega. And when I tell you the plot of this movie, you are going to think that I'm lying. But apparently Paul Rudd plays Jenna Ortega's father and they're driving down the road and they hit a unicorn. Like a unicorn. So that's filming. Um, there's a movie called Flight Risk starring Mel Gibson and Mark Wahlberg. The title. <laughs> sorry. That title is bang on. Let me tell you. Flight Risk, those two? I'd say so. Mark Wahlberg out here doing all this like prayer app promotion. Sir, you committed a hate crime and still haven't apologized for it. Um, maybe he did apologize for it. I don't know, guys. I'm just never getting over it. It's just so crazy. But yeah, I would call the two of them flight risks, allegedly. Um, there's also this show on uh, the CW called The Chosen, and they got a <laughs> they got a waiver, <laughs> and so they are able to keep filming because they've agreed to terms with SAG. And the show is about Jesus Christ, and it's very hard for me to resist saying, "Won't he do it?" <laughs> 
<laughs> like the fact that the show about the life of Jesus Christ is able to <laughs> continue filming through the strike. Mm, that's the power. <laughs> anyway, I think it's interesting that people like talk about A24 a lot and like there's a lot of jokes. But at the end of the day, like they were able to come to terms with like the things that actors have been asking for. And these billionaire, you know, studios, the Amazons, the NBCs, whoever, are just like, uh-oh, we can't do that. No, you can. You're just greedy. And that's that on that. Okay, I figured I'd do some promo since the actors aren't able to. Primarily, I just want to talk about Survival of the Thickest. I haven't even watched it yet, but I'm so, so, so excited um, because of Michelle Buteau, and, um, I hope that Netflix is paying her, you know, because she does a lot for them, and I don't really know what, uh, like, hosting deals are. I would assume that they are upfront, that that is not something that hinges on residuals, especially for a reality TV show, but I hope that she's got a clear check, um, but such a fan, I mean, if you're not a fan of her, I don't really know what to tell you, but she has this new show. It's based on, loosely based on, I guess, her life. Her memoir is called Survival of the Thickest. It's quite good. She's very, very funny, of course, but the show is of the same name. It premiered on Netflix, like, truly, like, like, two days or something before they officially, like, went on strike or, like, maybe the day of. I don't even know. So, like, she was, which I don't know if you guys noticed how many stars were, like, squeezing in promo for something that was, like, about to come out. I felt so bad for all of them, truly. But um, she, you know, squeezed in some Instagram promo at the last minute, and she was able to do, you know, a couple of shows and things like that. And so I hope that she gets the views, and I hope that um, people watch. I'm going to, but that's one of the shows the other thing that I am kind of intrigued by is this show on Max which whatever like whatever HBO um but it has all these like it's it's you know HBO's got their weekly mystery it's called Full Circle you've got your Claire Danes you've got your Timothy Olyphant which guys I didn't realize he was a Vanderbilt and I'm embarrassed to admit that but I just have to tell someone I didn't realize he was a Vanderbilt I don't know how I didn't know um but he was making fun of his daughters the other day because somebody took a picture of him with his daughters and I guess one of them plays tennis and the caption called his daughters it was like radar online or somebody like that the caption called his daughters tennis daughter and nepo baby daughter or nepo daughter or something maybe and so he said he started calling his daughters tennis daughter and nepo daughter which I thought was funny but he is apparently a Vanderbilt interesting that that has never come up before um Jake Johnson was someone else who I saw, like, float promo for Minx, even though it's not coming out for, like, well, maybe, like, a week at this point. Um, but there's this other show called Special Ops Lioness. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Please, Lord. You know what? If these studios were really going to do something, they would stop fighting so there wouldn't be so many. Because I saw a clip of Bo and Yang at the uh, NBC picket line in New York the other day. And he was talking about how, like, the studios claim to be fighting for the same thing. But ultimately, their interests are not aligned. And everyone on the picket line, their interests are aligned. Which, you know, Bo and so wise. Um, but the idea that, like, all of these studios, like, they all sell different things. And they're all actively competing against one another. They don't want to actually agree on something 
for the sake of, you know, workers, right? So, like, Paramount Plus is the reason that I'm saying this is because, like, please, Lord, not another one. Um, I told you guys that I'm paying for Peacock, right? I don't even remember why I started paying for it. But now I did watch the first couple episodes of Real Housewives of New York, the new cast, and I like them. And so I think I'm going to end up still paying for Peacock so that I continue to watch them and watch New Girl when I'm sad. Um, but this special ops show is with Zoe Saldana. Now, uh, this is a Taylor Sheridan joint, which, you know, he – I don't know if you guys saw that Yellowstone is moving to CBS because that's that's the new thing is that, you know, these – uh, network TV shows or network um, channels, what am I saying? Don't have new shows, obviously, to air in the fall. And we've talked about this and how sad fall TV will be. But as a result, they're doing things like ABC's just rerunning episodes of Abbott, which we love. Quinta, get that check. They're all out on the picket line, by the way. Some of them were out on a picket in Philly, which I love. Um, but I want all of them to get those, you know, studio level residuals. Love that for them. And um, CBS is going to be airing episodes of Yellowstone, which is just crazy town because it's just your friendly reminder that they've owned it this whole time and they've chosen not to air it on a network that everyone has access to because it's all about money. Isn't that wild? So now they're going to be, I don't know what they're going to have to do. Surely they're going to have to clean up some language and stuff, right? For it to air on CBS unless it's airing at like 1 a.m. Anyway, I was just trying to say this is a Taylor Sheridan moment too. He is, he's not a scab explicitly, but like, I think that he's like got Tyler Perry vibes in the writer's room that he like writes everything himself. He doesn't need writers, whatever. So I don't know what the vibe is going to be of special ops lioness, but it is based on a real life CIA agent thing. The cast includes Nicole Kidman and Morgan Freeman, which I don't really understand, but it premieres on July 23rd. And if you have a, um, Paramount Plus login, either give it to me or let me know how it is. Um, there is some sort of PlayStation action comedy that has Anthony Mackie in it, which I do think that he's so funny and the writers are uh, the Deadpool writers. So I feel like that should be funny, right? But it's got like Stephanie Beatrice and Will Arnett and it's called Twisted Metal and it premieres on Peacock in a couple of weeks. So like I could be into that. I don't know. I just feel like there's we know that there is like new um, TV that will that's been in the can. We talked about this months and months and months ago with the expectation of the strike. So like things will be premiering schedules will shift in the fall, but like new shows will still be premiering. But like what is the drip, drip, drip of the faucet here? You know. I know you're like, Megan, we get it. They're on strike. But like, guys, this is going to impact everything. So something that I wanted to talk about was stand-up specials because I feel like, you know, they come and go uh, waves of them like appearing. And I feel like waves of me talking about them. And um, there's quite a few available right now. And I did like a big, you know, watch because I was like, listen, if you go and say what we're watching, what we're paying attention to, you got to be able to say it. Um, but there's obviously quite a bit of stand-up with no, uh, with little to no TV. 
And so I wanted to touch on the ones that I've watched. I will try to do what streamer they are on, which by the way, you know, I have seen all the things where people are like, should we cancel our subscriptions? Will that help support the strike? And most actors are like, no, it's important that you continue to watch things. That's what shows the studios our value. Um, but also... As a woman on Twitter very distinctly, astutely, excuse me, wrong word, astutely pointed out, if UPS goes on strike and all these actors go on strike, this is really going to hurt the little treat economy. <laughs> Those of us who use little treats to keep ourselves going will be uh, really hurt by this. So no, I won't be canceling any of my streaming services because that is where I derive joy. If UPS strikes... That is also where I derive some of my joy. And, you know, again, solidarity with the workers, but also we can be a little upset. If these people would just pay their workers and treat them fairly, maybe the rest of us wouldn't have to be worried about having an end of summer breakdown. Let's talk about giggling. Okay, stand up. John Early, his special is like not full stand up, if that makes sense. He has like a band. He has like interspersed like uh, sketches and stuff like that. Um, but it's called Now More Than Ever. It's on HBO. Um, and I love John Early. I love him in Search Party. He's my favorite. Um, him and the woman who plays Portia, I think her name is Meredith. I can't remember her last name right now. They're my favorite part of Search Party. I wish that they had gotten a spinoff of just the two of them. Uh, but he's very, very funny and very chaotic and his parents are in the audience and he keeps like putting, uh, the spotlight on them which I just think is funny because he's making them uncomfortable. We didn't talk about John Mulaney's now Emmy-nominated uh, stand-up special, did we? It's called Baby J. This is the one that's like, you know, post-rehab, post-baby. We all know what he's been up to. And so he does, you know, um, a special. He tells a very... I feel like maybe we talked about this because we talked about his story about the Rolex that was like really dark and he was like... Uh, just so you know, like that story really probably upset you. And that's one of the only ones that's appropriate for me to tell on stage. Um, but I still think that, I mean, I still think, you know, like me, the authority on this, but like, obviously John Mulaney is so funny and the special is still funny. And, um, you know, I'm not looking to him to be, you know, the bearer of, uh, cultural appropriateness, I guess. Like he is not our our wise uncle that we listen to for everything. Every time he posts with Olivia Munn and the baby, a part of me does get a shiver, shiver down my spine. And then all these people on Twitter are like, what did y'all expect? Like now he's being a good father and a good partner and y'all are mad. And I'm like, I just, I just can't, the timing, I'll never get over the timing. Um, anyway, there is a, Monique has a Netflix special, which I have not watched yet, to be completely honest with you, because I think it's interesting because she was like, hey, Netflix, you did not pay me appropriately. And um, they were like, OK, chill. And then a couple years later, they were like, we'll pay you now. And she was like, OK, which like no shade to anybody trying to clear a check, but I haven't even watched it. Um, I meant to watch Mae Martin's and I don't know what like fully threw me off, but it is on Netflix. Um, I think that she's so interesting because she kind of reminds me of like a Tig Notaro in terms of her delivery, but, um, which Tig does have that special on HBO, by the way. Um, but I mean, I think she's got like a little more pep in her step than Tig, but it's similar, you know, three name, three letter, first name girlies with a pixie cut. Um, anyway, I watched, uh, Wanda Sykes special. I'm an entertainer on Netflix. I love Wanda. 
Um, she can do no wrong in my eyes. I mean, she's like an actual legend. I will say this, as much as I love her and I enjoyed the special, it is it is a different mindset I think you have to be in because it gets a little political. And y'all know me well enough to know that I'm not being like, it gets a little political. It just does. And like, you have to, I didn't realize that going into it. So I feel like I was like, I had like an emotional response at one point. She was talking about like Ahmaud Arbery and Elijah McClain. And like, it was, I wasn't giggling during that part, I guess is what I'm saying. You've probably also seen the clip of her and you would know that it's semi-political in the sense that that clip of her that's been going around, I think since she like, uh, since the special was first released was when she talks about like gun control and banning books. And then she says, until a drag queen goes into a school and beats eight kids to death with a copy of To Kill a Mockingbird, you're worried about the wrong stuff. And I still think that that is so funny. It's so accurate. Like, stop. Anyway, so that's kind of the vibe. I feel like you just have to be in the right headspace. I also started Kevin Hart's um, new special on Peacock, which like his deal with Peacock just cracks me up because he has so much content on there. Um, But this is it's called Reality Check. I feel like people's uh, opinions of Kevin Hart fluctuate and they're very interesting to me. I know I've said on this podcast before that I like him. I he's someone who I've paid to go see in person. I think ultimately like he has kind of a similar like. I think, uh, presence in our culture as John Mulaney. And let me explain in the sense that like, he's had like a little bit of a scandal. He does not seem like someone who you necessarily want, like guiding your children through life, but they're ultimately both very funny and very good at their jobs. And so to me, supporting them, like watching their specials, isn't that misguided, um, I know that their comedy is obviously inherently different, but I think it's interesting how much grace people are willing to give John Mulaney that they were not willing to give Kevin Hart. Um, I just think he's so funny and so crazy. And, he, you know, the things that he talks about on stage are are he he is like very um, light in, you know, the complete opposite direction of a Wanda Sykes. Right. Like he's not going to dive into uh, book bands. So, you know, there's that. Um, oh, there's one other, oh, Trevor Noah's, I still have not watched it, it is on Netflix, it was nominated for an Emmy, so was Wanda Sykes and John Mulaney, um, and so I need to watch it, because I'm like, that's Emmy prep, um, but, uh, he just made what, like a Spotify deal? Good for him, cash that check, don't work every day, I respect that, I really do, that's the dream. party people thanks for catching up i know it was very very strike heavy and maybe it won't be in the next few weeks or maybe it will be because at some point you know that my petty little self is going to do a roundup of all the celebrities that have been out at strikes because we have seen quite a few but we have not seen all and i know that some people are working like we established Anne hathaway will not be striking because she is actively working and we love that for her We've seen Mandy Moore out at the strikes. We've seen Hillary Duff out at the strikes singing This Is What Dreams Are Made Of, which is weird because it's not. Her husband annoys me. Have we talked about that? I find him odd. I just think that, well, this is a separate conversation. I know that he's like kind of famous or whatever, but he's not Hillary Duff famous. And when your wife is Hillary Duff famous, 
aren't you just supposed to be quiet? But that's a separate thing. Anyway, um, I'm going to go watch Barbie and I'm going to go uh, listen to Beyonce nonstop in preparation for uh, Renaissance because one thing I'm going to do is be on my Zoom. Okay, let's just establish that right here and right now. I'm going to be ready to rumble um, and I'm probably going to make Barbie my entire personality up until Beyonce and then I'll make Beyonce the rest of my personality, which is very on brand for me, I think personally. Um, Anyway, I'll go make that list of celebrities. I mean, like, Vulture's already done it. You know they have. They've pulled together a list of, like, all the celebrities we spotted out at the picket. Which I did see someone tweet, like, hey, if you're going to just show up to the picket line to view celebrities, like, don't. And I was like, I'm going to be honest. That sounds like something I would do, but I wouldn't. Because, like, they're out there in, first of all, it's hot. As we've established, we are the meats. It's hot. But second of all, like, that's a very weird vibe. Like, what are you doing? You know, there's already plenty of people on the picket line that are not famous. They can take the pictures of the famous people for us, you know? The Succession cast, the This Is Us cast, the Shameless cast that all got together and picketed together, which included Jeremy Allen White. He was out there with a sign and his arms out. Listen, he was out there in a tank top. Yes, chef. All right, I gotta go. Thanks for catching up. Bye. Bye.